up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and KT, and we're back with another episode. You can hit us up on all social media platforms at Building R P W R. Hit KT up at KT underscore does art. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. If you would like to donate to the work we are doing in Memphis, Tennessee, passing out flyers, uh, passing out food, and coming with us in person, you can do so. The link is in the description. Thank you to everyone who's donated last week. And uh, we already, like I said, have people that are uh, wanting to join us in person. We're going to get all that coordinated up now that our lives are kind of settled. And we're going to get to it and do it. Let's do this work, everybody. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go back and revisit uh, this book, How uh, Capitalism Underdeveloped Black America. Uh, We were talking about. The, strateg- the strategies that Manning Marable uh, had laid out, 10 points, um, and you talked about the ones I agreed with and disagreed with, and uh, we're going to keep the ball rolling. KT's back, so it's going to be good. All right, point eight. Racism and patriarchy are both pre-capitalist in their social and ideological origin. The successful seizure of state power by the U.S. working class and the creation of workers' democracy within this economic sphere would destroy the modern foundations for racial prejudice and sexism. However, it would not obliterate the massive ideological burden of either form of oppression and the practices of millions of whites and males. Separate and even autonomous apparatuses must be created after the revolution to effectively uproot racism and patriarchy. In practice, this means that the historic block in the pre-socialist period, the war of position, must build anti-racist and anti-sexist structures within their own organizations. Organizations comprised solely of blacks, Hispanics, and or women must be an essential part of the struggle to build a new society. Okay, pretty much what he's talking about is something we've talked about. Um, you know, capitalism reinforces a lot of these oppressive uh, institutions and structures because the more oppressive uh, this country is, the more people are buying into capitalism, the more people just go along with the okie doke. But Capitalism did not create these problems. Um, So it is naive to think that when a socialist society uh, comes about, that there will not be any homophobia, transphobia, racism, sexism, uh, for the simple fact that this is an ideology that has been around forever. Since b- b- before the Bible times, there's been patriarchy. It's been homophobia. There's been all types of stuff. So it literally will take a concerted effort. A they're literally what he's saying. There has to be organizations and mechanisms in place that are holding that's holding all of us accountable, making sure that we are not being ableist. Making sure that we are not uh, participating in things that uh, are transphobic or uh, or uh, treats children badly or even things like that. Like that has to be a conscious effort. Um, equality isn't just going to come organically. It has to be worked on. It has to be struggled with. Just like the physical war 
There has to be an intellectual uh, reform in people's minds and the way that we interact with each other, the way that we go on about life. So what do you think about that, KT? Yeah. No, I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, we talk about this all the time, and I feel like we're always talking about this, but, like, when when people specifically, like I've seen on Twitter, people will be like, oh, it's not a race issue, we should only focus on class, or we should only, we shouldn't be focused on these distractions, we should only be focused on class, because that's ultimately what's going to get us freedom and things like that. Obviously, we've said this, and we'll say it again, that's completely wrong. Um, class is something we definitely need to focus on, but uh, racism, sexism, ableism, fat phobia, all of the, all the isms literally are part of capitalism and part of individualistic thinking um, that's come with centuries worth of fascism, yeah. essentially. So, yeah, no, I, com- I completely agree with that point. All right, point nine. Every decisive gain achieved by the app anti-capitalist forces will be countered by the state against the working class. This repression will be significantly greater against blacks and other national minorities than experienced by other sectors of the working class. Socialists must come to the conclusion at the outset that there will be no peaceful culmination in the achievement of state power. If every congressional a congressional district elected a socialist, and if the executive and judicial branches of government were dominated by Marxists, capital would not sit by, by benignly and watch its power erode or be destroyed through legal measures. Chile illustrated this feature of capitalist democracy decisively. Major corporations will not turn over the keys to their factories willingly to the workers. The final question of power will be determined in a, quote, war of maneuver. At a point in history wherein the capitalist ruling class will find no alternative left except raw coercion. C.L.R. James makes his point in his brief discussion of the past European revolutions. Why did not Charles I and his followers behave reasonably to Cromwell? As late as 1646, two years after Marston Moore, Miss Cromwell and Miss Ironton had tea with Charles at Hampton Court. Cromwell, great revolutionary but great bourgeois, was willing to come to terms. Why did not Louis and Mary Antoinette and the court behave reasonably to the moderate revolutionaries, James asked? Why indeed... The monarchy, the monarchy in France had to be torn up by the roots. The racist capitalist ruling elite in this country will do whatever is necessary to stay in power. Today, it uses racist ideologic, ideology to divide blacks and whites, relies upon patriarchy to perpetuate male suppression of women, and urges white workers to literally destroy a half century of labor reforms in the workplace through unionization by the relocation of factories and by pressuring the rank and file to accept contractual, quote, givebacks to corporate directors and owners. Tomorrow, it may cloak itself in the flag and the Constitution while negating the civil liberties of millions of non-white, poor, and working people. 
There can no longer be, quote, historic compromise with capitalism. The choice for blacks is either socialism or some selective form of genocide. For the U.S. proletariat, workers' democracy, or some form of authoritarianism or fascism. So pretty much what he's saying, he's literally, like, this is what I said, the exact same thing I said last episode. Uh, these people are not finna give away this stuff willy-nilly. This, like dude said, I literally said this. Even if we had the House, the Senate, the President, everything, these corporations are not going down with a fight. It literally, the only way this is going to end is violence. Yep. I'm sorry. Unless you have the magic key to just talk down anybody, to debate with people so good they have no choice, to talk to people so compellingly they cry and they throw their money at you, I don't think none of us have that. It's going to end in a fight. And even, I feel like even if you did have that, it's still, it's still going to end up in a fight, right? Because ultimately what he's saying is that we are going to have to fight tooth and nail no matter what. Whether we have uh, socialists in, in elected places, whether, like Gabby said, we have it in a house president, whatever. It does not matter. At the end of the day, the capitalist class is going to use violence in order to make sure that they stay in power and they never leave power. So our only option is going to be... To use that same violence back at them. And we've got to learn how to organize without relying on quote-unquote socialists that may be within uh, certain positions of power because they are also capitalists. Yes. So, um, yeah. Gabby. And I uh, wanted to talk about something else because he was talking about how, you know, for a lot, for us in the modern times, I'll say that. Like, the only time you really see the police come out is when there's, quote-unquote, riots. Like, when there's people outside mobilizing, they break in stuff, and they tear up property. That's when you see the people come out with the tanks, and uh, they come in and using violence. Right now, America don't have to use violence. America doesn't have to use physical violence. They get, they get our brains on lock. We shoot our own selves in the foot. We shackle our own selves up. The white and black working class in the South, we screwed. We in right-to-work states that can fire you willy-nilly, it don't matter what. And you don't have to get a union or whatever. They, they try to discourage you from getting unions in the South. And we barely have any type of uh, good working conditions, any decent wages in these factories that we toiling in all the time. And we cannot organize because racism, white supremacy. I'm not going to team up with the blacks because the boss gave me a promotion. And we got a good old boys club. All the white boys, we give each other little promotions. We go out to dinner with the boss. And, uh, you know, as long as we get a little pet on the back, we're not finna fight. We're not finna join in with these people, with these Hispanic uh, workers who are getting paid less than everybody. I'm better than them. I'm not going to, uh, we're not going to as a whole, as a people, team up 
the heterosexuals team up with the homosexuals. I'm not finna join in that movement they got going on. I don't agree with that. I don't see what that has to do with me. I don't see how transphobia affects me in my life. I don't see how it affects uh, homophobia affects me in my life. I'm good with them being oppressed. I'm fine with that. As long as me, 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 me. That's, it. that's that individualism. And it, it keeps this ball rolling. And, uh, yeah, so that's something else that's really big. Like, as far as now, it's, it's so, ide- it's an ideological game. And we just, it's, it's really interesting to look back on. It's like, uh, them cartoons. Them cartoons where, uh, like there's the villain character and the two quote-unquote good guys. And they're fighting, trying to get him. And then the, the, the bad guy, he jumps out of the, the fight cloud. And then the two good guys just fighting each other. And, I mean, that's pretty much what we got going on. Anyway. That's capitalism. Yes. So, one thing that's interesting, guys, remember when I was reading earlier, last episode, he was saying that, you know, we got to get people in here, we got to get people in there, and maybe we can change the hearts and minds of the people. But I feel like even here, ultimately, we're getting to the, the main point. Like, maybe some hearts and minds have been changed, maybe because of Bernie Sanders. I know that helped push us a lot to the the left not because he did good but because he was so terrible and turned his back on everybody but um besides that it's really no reason to even put your effort and time in anything when it comes to electoral politics people will try to guilt you into it people will try to gaslight you into it and act like something's going to happen all this energy needs to come to working on these things working on destroying in our minds this individualism, this white supremacist ideology, this anti-blackness, transphobia, ableism, fatphobia, fatphobia, all of that. That that that's something that's that's easy, that's something that's cheap, that's something that can be done now and gone and spread it to everybody else. That's easy. I mean it's not easy as far as, you know, bread undoing the brainwashing but as far as that's something you can do you just get on your computer you do some research you listen to some people get started all right last point we must always remind ourselves that history is an organic process the evolution of the forces of production as they affect and in turn are influenced by the civil and political institutions ideologies and the cultures of human beings Nothing in black history, American history, or world history has ever been predetermined by any single factor or force. Quote-unquote underdevelopment and quote-unquote socialism, when reduced to bare economic categories outside of a particular history, become meaningless abstractions. The socialism we construct will have to encounter racial, sexual, and class components which do not exist anywhere else in the world, exactly as they appear here. If we apply some rigid, quote, iron laws of the revolution gleaned from the dusty textbooks of other revolutionaries in the name of Marxism, we will not only succumb to a left form of economic determination, but will fail to build an alternative to the oppressive state which we seek to overturn. Quote, men make their own history, Mark observed in the 18th Brumaire of Louis Bonaparte. <laughs> 
but they do not make it just as they please. They do not make it under circumstances chosen by themselves, but under circumstances directly encountered, given, and transmitted from the past. I have devoted a great deal of space in these pages towards analyzing black history. Therefore, because the transition to socialism and an end to black underdevelopment did not begin in the 1980s, but in the racial, racial and class struggles of past generations. Our challenge is to interpret society in order to change it. But we must grasp that particular manifestations of the American war of maneuver, the transition to socialism, will not be fixed or predetermined. C.L.R. James emphasized this point in his discussion of the Russian Revolution. The thing that we have to remember about development of the Petrograd Soviet or Workers' Council of 1905, James noted, is that nobody invented it. Nobody organized it. Nobody taught it to the workers. It was formed spontaneously. A workers' democracy in America will not look precisely like anything we can ever imagine at this moment. A revolutionary rupture within the petty bourgeoisie's tendencies towards accommodation within black America will generate new black social organizations, new black political institutions, and workers' councils, which many Marxist and revolutionary black nationalists will not comprehend and may at some point even oppose as, quote, deviations from their master plan. We must consciously learn from other people's revolutionary experiences without reifying them into a pseudo-revolutionary catechism. A final word. Progressive white Americans must succeed in overturning their own racism in theory and practice. If a successful revolution can be achieved in this country, which will in the process write the final page on black underdevelopment. Nothing short of a commitment to racial equality and black freedom such as that exhibited by the militant white abolitionist John Brown will be sufficient. Nothing less than the political reg recognition that right racism is an essential and primary component in the continued exploitation of all American working people will be enough to defeat the capitalist class. And to the black working class, the historic victim of slavery and sharecropping, rape and lynching, capital punishment and imprisonment, I leave the advice of C.L.R. James. Marxism is the doctrine which believes that freedom, equality, and democracy are today possible for all mankind. If this book has stimulated you to pursue the further study of Marxism, we will have struck a blow for the emergence of mankind from the darkness into which capitalism has plunged the world. So what he's basically just saying in all of this is that the revolution uh, is not something that you can just plan ahead of, you know. Uh, we can make uh, ideas, we can come up with certain situations that we want to focus on, or we can do certain things like this, but it's not a handbook. And so what we have seen other revolutions look like, it's not necessarily going to be what it looks like here in the United States based on the historical materialism that has gone on for in our entire lives. And that we must look at historical materialism and materialism currently uh, to figure out what's going to be best for us as people. Um, yeah. And Gabby and I always talk about that whenever we always tell you guys like, hey, you, you need to, we got to burn it down rebuild it and if that doesn't work we'll burn it down again and rebuild it again but at some point or another you have to understand that what you know marx did or what other revolutions did during the french revolution um that's that's not something that we can do now it's just not 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he definitely had a point there as well, and I completely agree. Um, we got to base our revolution based on our current material needs and our current situations that's happening. Yeah. And we have to adjust those as time goes on. Yeah. And uh, something else that he was talking about, which is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, in, in the quest to whatever of organizing people and stuff like that, you may have to deal with some of the neoliberals. And you may have to deal with some of the sock dams and the, the little cringy stuff they doing. But as long as they're not trying to, you know, divert people and try to get them to vote or trying to convert people to de being Democrats or whatever, sometimes you just have to just use what you got and... and just do what you got to do to get where you need to go. And it's not always going to be, like he said, perfectly planned. Like with us, like there's no socialist people here at all. And sometimes you got to team up with the people that think that, you know, just voting for this little person is going to work because there's nobody here. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's realistic. Like you said, realistically, everybody, when the revolution comes, is not going to be an anarchist or a communist. Nope. Like, people just going to want to have enough food on the table. And we have to be able to, to, to be deal able with to that it. and be able to just be okay with that. Be like, we'll, we'll convert the people or talk to the people and educate the people that we can. And the other people, we just have to make sure, you know, they're not going to try to shoot us um, when we try to help them. Okay, and so something else that is very, very interesting that I want us to think about, too, is this whole current uh, view of racism that's been here since, you know, the 18th, 19th, 20th century. And even capitalism has been rooted in white supremacy and anti-blackness. Right. Like, that is the foundation. Correct. Everywhere you go in America, in the world, we, if, if you're a white person, you're going to be accepted with open arms. Yep. Anywhere you go in this world, if you are a black person, anywhere you go in this world, even some parts of Africa, you finna get hell. Yep. It don't matter where you go in this world because that is the frame in which we view everything. White supremacy took over, and with that came anti-blackness. So, those are also the foundations of capitalism. Yep. You cannot be a socialist or a communist. Any type of anti-capitalism, anti-capitalist, and say that talking about white supremacy and racism is a distraction. That's like you saying, somebody saying, uh... You know, we have a roach infect infection in our, in our house. You know, we need to get, a get rid of the roaches. But somebody's telling you, in order to get rid of the roaches, you need to get rid of all these crumbs around your house because that's attracting the roaches. And you saying, well, no, that's a distraction. I just need to spray for roaches. But you being like, but you're like, with the crumbs here, the roaches still going to come. You have to do all of it. You can't just do one. And that's kind of what we're talking about. <laughs> that's the worst analogy. I, roaches? Come on now. I, I, people, some people can relate. Come on now. I'm just saying, like, you can't, you can't. 
So anybody that's saying stuff like that, anybody that's racist in the in the comment, that is a that's an oxymoron. That's an oxymoron. You a racist? You a capitalist? You you a white supremacist? You're a capitalist. That's just the way that it is. You a transphobe? You a capitalist? You ableist? You a capitalist? Yeah. All these things make capitalism what it is. So yeah, that's all I want to say. So, I want to kind of add some theory to that from Cedric uh, J. Robinson, who wrote uh, Black Marxism, a really, another really great book. But he basically said, he theorized that all capitalism was inherently racial capitalism, and ra- racialism is present in all layers of capitalism's social economic stratification. In fact, he stated that capital can only be accumulated by producing and moving through relations of severe inequality among human groups. Therefore, for capitalism to survive, it must exploit and prey upon the, quote, unequal differentiation of human value. So, yeah, all of what Gabby said has been literally, like, literally, it's the truth. Racial capitalism, racism, classism, like, they go hand in hand. And you cannot have one without the other. You can't have capitalism without racism. Mm -hmm. You can't have racism without capitalism. White supremacy? I mean, you can't have racism without capitalism. But they go hand in hand. But they do. You can't have capitalism without racism. Correct. You can't have capitalism without bigotry at all. Like, you need that. You have to. That's the thing But you don't have to have that to have socialism. But you can have that. That's what he's saying. You can have that and have socialism. And it's all about what we have decided or what we can do in order to change those ideologies or change that structure. We have to change that structure before anything can actually be materialized into socialism to begin with. You're not going to be able to organize people. You're not going to even be able to get stuff off the road if, if that is not the the main focus. I guess yeah. that's just what we want to keep reiterating every time. These things are not the distraction. These things are the things. <laughs> Literally. Like, these are the things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand what that's about. I feel like anyway. every episode we basically just say the same thing. But the truth is, is that, like, it, it's really interesting to me that these men who wrote these books, like, in the 80s, and I, I think uh, this one was the uh, How Capitalism Underdeveloped Black America, I think it was in the 1990s, but they already said all of this, right? They said this 20, 30, 40 years ago, and for some reason or another, that information hasn't been um communicated effectively by leftists right we haven't communicated that to each other long term enough in order for us to actually get something popping so like i mean i, I think it uh, it'll be good for us to do a deep dive into uh i know uh nixon and uh reaganomics and stuff had to do with a lot of people right. saying well you know i'm making money now uh, just kind of see what kind of happened to the message and and where did it go and when did it kind of get back popping. I think there'll be something interesting to talk about one day. Um, um, we did also get a comment on last week's episode. Thank you so much for everybody commenting on it. Um, there was a few questions on there and we're, we're going to be happy to answer those. So just be looking for that as well. I already answered them. Oh, okay. Well, great. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I did want to say something real quick because... 
um, I don't know if y'all have heard the news, but the Black Hammer organization in Gazi is finally, uh, is hopefully going to be uh, disbanded. Um, for people that don't know, Gazi Kozo had created, uh, well, he really didn't create it, he took over. The organization Black Hammer, which was a revolutionary, at first, black communist organization where they were trying to, you know, form a party, organize the people, and get the revolution popping. But ultimately, it turned into a cult. And, um... There was a lot of uh, abuse and a lot of stuff or whatever. Thankfully, hopefully, all of that's done with. But unfortunately, somebody uh, committed suicide up in there. A lot of people said they were being kidnapped. And it was just a lot of mess. And with Look that... Up. There's plenty of... Yeah, I'll put a link in there. With that, I mean, we talked uh, a couple a couple months ago about just being conscious even with organizing and even... Who you talk, who you talk with, and who you are even associating with when you're organizing, because you don't ever want to get into a space where it feels like one person or a couple people are just running the show. No, and there's no democracy, and there's no nothing. I would encourage people to 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 uh, listen to maybe some cult podcasts or read some books <laughs> on cults, because for me. That summer, when all that stuff was going down, I was really into cults for some reason. And so I was listening to every cult podcast. And when that man popped up and he was doing everything, I was like, "This is literally a cult." Yeah. This is this you is going did. to end. You, this is going to end wrong. You said that way before anybody else called it out. You're like, "Yeah, this is a cult." So yeah, definitely. That's something just to be. Not saying nobody gonna do it, but just just be conscious of you know the people that you listen to and the people that you see. Make sure they're not trying to uh, position themselves as the knower of all. I know we don't know it all, barely and anything at all. Accountable, right? And yes, and even ourselves, if we saying some whack or whatever, just let, let us, us know. know it ain't making sense. Um, but yes, y'all just be safe out here because you know this isn't exactly the safest work to do and. Uh, you know, we can come into stuff with good intentions and get swept away into something else. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Y'all just be safe and just do a lot of uh, research and discernment before you get hooked up with some people. And, and to put that all together, just make sure when you are doing work, you are understanding who is this work benefiting and who is this work gonna change like when you go out and you're helping others you don't want to sit here and say okay well i'm doing this because i know for a fact that it's going to help this one singular person right because we don't care about singular persons in that sense we care about community and we care about everybody collectively being able to do things together Mm -hmm. yep it's not an individual type situation if you see someone or if you see something in that situation be aware and be able to call it out and be like, oh, whoa, 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 wait. You guys are putting a lot of pressure and adding a lot of power to this one singular person. Why? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's it. That's all I got to say this episode. This is a good episode. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. If you have any comments, you can comment on our YouTube. Uh, hit us up on our social media. Uh, at Building R, PWR, everywhere. Hit KT up at KT underscore does R. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. 
Um, if you'd like to donate to the work we're doing in the community as well as join us in the Memphis area, you can do so. Link is in the description. This has been Gabby and Katie. And this has been Building Our Power.